Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Full and grateful tonight for the opportunity and the privilege that has been awarded us to be in your presence, to hear your word. Spirit of God, we ask that you teach us tonight. Let us not leave this place the same. But may we leave this place with minds that are being renewed and changing in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And you may be seated. And turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians, the book of Philippians, chapter 1. And do you have your Bible? Then turn to Philippians, chapter 1, and let's read. It says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Wow. Some of you have been in this church the very first day the branch began until now. Wow. Why would a pastor not pray for you for such commitment? Some of you, you've joined the church for a long time and since you walked in here, Till the very first day, you are still here. It's a blessing. I say it's a blessing. Amen. It says, being confident of this very thing, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until when? Why don't we all read this? Particular scripture together. One, two, three, go. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Being confident. Have this confidence. Have this confidence. That he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So last week we were saying that there were three things that ought to be noted in this particular scripture. And that the work of God or the work that God is doing within you 
has just begun. Adelaide, God has just begun working on you. God has just begun doing some work on you. Claudia, God has just begun working on you. And that God intends to continue the work. The work that God is doing in you, he intends to continue. And it is not finishing today. It is not finished by the end of today's service. Today's service will not be the last service that you need to hear. You will need to hear the next day's service. Next week's service. You will need to hear the following week's service. Next month's service. The following year, you need to hear. It says, the work that he had begun, he will continue it. He will perform it. And he does not intend to finish it now, but he will finish when Jesus comes. The work in you will be completed when Jesus comes. Hallelujah. So he will continue to work until Jesus comes. So the work will not finish if Jesus has not come. God has not finished working in you as long as Jesus is not here yet. Hallelujah. As long as Jesus has not come, God is still working in us. You are a work in progress. Amen. You are a work in progress. So you will never come to a stage in your Christian life where God is done with you. You will never come to a stage in your Christian life where you don't need to hear certain messages. That is why you need to listen to messages all the time. That is why you need to be in church all the time because God is working in you. So the day you don't come, God is not working in you. The day you are not hearing God, he's, you've put a pause on his work on you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And no one is too mature or no one has come to any stage where God is done with you. Hallelujah. The more mature you become, the more you realize that there is a whole lot to learn. As you become more and more mature, you realize there is a whole lot to learn. You have realized that even in your Christian life, as you are growing, you are realizing that there is so much to learn in the Bible. Isn't that so? Yeah. And you realize now is the more even you pay attention to detail. When you are maturing, when you are growing, when God is working on you, you realize there is a whole lot that he needs to do in your life. Hallelujah. You know, there are times where you come to church and there's a scripture that, you know, you have read and read and read. And then when we open the scripture and we are reading it again and we are going through the scripture again, you marvel. And you wonder if it is that same scripture that you have read before. You see, so as you mature, as you grow, you, you pay more attention to details. Hallelujah. You see, when you are not mature, when you feel you have arrived, when you feel you have learned what there is to know, when you feel you are now saved, you are a Christian, and that's all there is to know, you don't pay attention to certain things. But as you mature, you realize your pain. At, you know, even the scripture that we just read. Look at verse 1. Look at verse 1. You see, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Ordinarily, if you were to read this chapter and you start reading, and you start here, you, have, you will not feel like you have come to the important part of the message. 
You will just read and say, Paul and Timotheus, the servant of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. And then you, now you are, Paul has just introduced his letter. But you, as you mature, you pay attention to that scripture. Go back to that verse 1. You see, as you mature, you realize that no one, no one is too old. No one has come to any stage in life where he's too good for certain messages. Do you understand? You see, when you become mature, when you have, you've been a Christian for some time, and, or when you have listened to certain messages and they are being preached to you, you don't pay attention. You don't even take notes. Do you understand? Especially if it's a message that we have preached before, you even bring your own notes. And as we are going through, you are going over the points. You see? Isn't that so? True or not true? You, there are certain things that will be said, and then you say, oh, this message, I've heard it before. And then you go and look in your archives. And then you pull your notes, and as we are preaching, you, are just, you don't write anything else. Because I have the notes. That is a sign of immaturity. That is a sign that God is, God, you have put a pause on the work that God is doing in you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So if you look at this scripture, it says, Paul and Timotheus. So no matter who you are, it says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to who? Who is he writing to? So as simple as the letter is, I mean, the things that Paul was writing in this particular, simple things. But as simple as the letter is, it was not meant, it says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, to all the church members, not only them, but it says, with the bishops also, and deacons. So no matter who you are, that letter is meant for you to read. That message is also for you. Do you understand? Bishops. You can never be a bishop to a certain stage where, you see, because when you have become a pastor and you are not careful, you realize that when there's a preaching going on, you don't even write notes. You think it's for, it's for, the, it's for the sheep. You, you are not, I don't know who you are. You are not a sheep anymore. You don't write notes. It's a temptation for pastors. It's a temptation for mature, quote-unquote, mature Christians. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So Paul was writing, he says, this letter is to all the saints in Jesus Christ who are at Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons. So it is for everyone to read. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. It's for everyone. So you can never come to a stage in your Christian life where certain messages are too low for you. Or you have heard it before. In fact, if you are, if you, 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 you are wise and you are mature, you realize that the message, perhaps it has been shared before, but as it's being shared, it's a totally different level. Totally different. Because what you have to understand is God is working in all of us. God is working in all of us. So even the person who preached the message, if he had allowed God to work in him, the next time that he's preaching that same message, he's not at the same level. Because God is working in him, God has brought him to a certain level, and so if you will open your heart to receive, you realize that there's something new that you can also learn. Instead of going over your points. Or instead of saying, oh, this Series, I have them. 
and stay home and not come to church. It's an old podcast from 2003. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So, you see, the more you mature, as you grow with the Lord, the less of yourself you feel. You feel less and less of yourself. The Apostle Paul, you realize, he received so many revelations. So many revelations. Abundance of revelations. Apostle Paul's conversion was not like yours. It was not like that. That somebody met you at a um, train station and witnessed to you. You know, or with trucks and all kinds of things. Apostle Paul was not like that. His conversion was totally different. Do you understand? And then his calling was different. So you see, he came to a stage in his ministry, he came to a stage in his ministry where he felt that he was, he was at a certain level. He felt that he was at the top. He felt he was at the top. Look at the scripture in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 5. If you have the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 5. He says, but I don't consider myself inferior in any way to these super apostles. You know, he was referring to Peter and John and James and super apostles that they think they have been with Christ and, you know, and so they, they, they were there. They were there, so, you know. But me, Paul, I don't consider myself any inferior to these so-called super apostles that people are calling around in the town. You see? So, in this stage where he was, if Peter was preaching, he said, oh, me, the Lord told me these things directly. So what new, what else are you going to say that I don't know? I will not come to the church. I will not come to the service. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, I don't consider myself inferior in any way. When it comes to these people, I don't consider myself inferior in any way. Who teach these things? These things. Look at that. You see how he's talking? I may be unskilled as a speaker, you know, because maybe I stammer. You know, I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I'm not lacking in knowledge. (laughs) This is Paul. (laughs) He says, I'm not lacking in knowledge. We may have made this clear to you in every possible way. That means this was really concerned. It was something that was very important to him that when he comes and is ministering to the people, he make it clear to you that I'm not an inferior apostle. You may have an encounter with Peter and, you know, James, John, and, you know, these people preaching all these things, but I am not inferior to them. And he says, we have made it this clear in every possible way. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That means even his preaching, he was particularly concerned that the people would see that this is coming from a super, super apostle. With revelations. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And then as he was maturing, as he was maturing, look at Ephesians, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9. As he was growing in the Lord, he said, Now, for I am the least of all the apostles. 
His conversation, his, the tone of his message has changed. He says, for I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after all. He says, I am the least of all. Someone who is now saying I am not the He says, now I am the least. Because maturity is coming. As you are working with the Lord and you are knowing more of God, you realize that you are looking less and less of yourself. You realize you don't know much. Do you see? He says, I am the least of all the apostles. And in fact, I am not even worthy to be called an apostle. Don't even call me apostle. From this day on, call me Paul. Don't call me brother. Brother. Brother Paul. (laughs) Amen. And then as he was maturing even more, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, unto me, who am less than the least of all the saints. Now the common members, I am even the least. When you are talking about the church members, I am even the least. Do you see? So you see, when you are growing with the Lord, you see, you bring yourself down. You keep going down and down and down. And that is how God is able to work on you. At every stage, wherever you are, you realize that God has just begun with you. And if you see yourself like that, then you grow with the Lord. Then you allow him to work on you. Amen. He says, I am the least of all the saints. And is this grace given that I should even preach among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ? It's just grace that I'm able to even preach to you. Do you understand? So he's seen himself even among the church members. He's the least. Not even apostle, not the shepherd. He's the least. Amen. And even as he was maturing even further, he says in 1 Timothy 1.15, he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Now he's a chief sinner. He's admitting that when it comes to sinners, I am chief. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Francis, so any stage where we are in our walk with the Lord, we have not arrived. Any stage where we are, God has begun a good work in us. God has begun a good work in us. So don't ever feel that God is done with you. Don't ever feel that God is finished with you. That you are mature, you are too good for this. You are too high for a message like this. You are too high for a meeting like this. You know, sometimes we feel like that. Oh, what? You know, you think you, you, you are too high for this type of meeting. It's for those who have just begun. Amen. You feel you are too high for a particular service. You feel you are too high. You are too high to join the prayer line to pray. And some people don't ever join the prayer because they are too high. They are, they are super, super prayers, prayer warriors. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But Paul, as he was maturing, as he was maturing, whereas he was seeing himself comparable to the apostles, now he's coming and he says, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. And then he comes and he says, I'm the least of all the saints. And then he says, now I am the chief sinner. Because he's seeing that with God, as the way, things, the way he's working with God, he sees that 
There is so much that God needs to do on him. There is so much that God needs to do on him. Hallelujah. Has God done any work in you? Has there been any good work in your life? Has God done any good work in your life? You see, look at that scripture in, first, um, in um, Philippians 1.6. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun what? A good work. A good work. A good work in you. A good work in you. He who hath begun, he has begun a good work in you. He has begun a good work in you. You see, oftentimes, we, we, we feel when God has done something good for us, he's done. Do you understand? We think that he's done. Are you married? Yeah. And you think that I am married. You know, God, is there a good thing that God has done for you? So you think, I am married, I am done. God is, I am married. You say, I'm married, you finish. But God has just begun doing this good work in you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? God has just begun doing this good work of marriage in you. Amen. If you have a job, you say, oh, God has blessed me with a job. It is just the beginning. God has just begun this good work in you. I don't know what good work God, God has done in you, but he's not finished. He has just begun that good work in you. He has just begun that good work. He which has begun a good work, a good work in you, he has just begun. He's faithful. He will complete it. He will complete it. He will continue working on that good work. God will continue working on your marriage. So you just get married and you, are, you feel you are finished. It's just a beginning. Do you understand? Some of you just got married and you are ready to pack and go. You married for three, five, four years, you are ready to pack and go. God has just begun a good, it's a good work and he has just begun. He has just begun. If only you will allow him. If only you will allow him. Some of you, you get a small job and that's the end. We can't even find you. A small job, you th- that's the end. We can't find you. We call you, you don't even respond. You don't even respond. You see your, our phone call, one of the churchmen, please. But God has just begun a work in you. God has just begun a work in you. Your degree that you have, that you think you are finished, it is just the beginning. If you will allow God. Hallelujah. So you need to remain patient with God. He's not done with you at all. I say he's not done with you. He has not done with you. And God has so much time. He says the work that he has begun, he will continue with until Jesus comes. Until the day of Jesus Christ. So the work that God has begun in you, it is just the beginning. And he's going to continue it until the day Jesus. So God has so much time to work on you. Amen. 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 You need to be patient. Tell your neighbor you need to be patient with God. Say, what are you rushing for? Say, the work has just begun. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So if there's something in your life that doesn't look so great, if there's something in your life that doesn't look so great, understand that God is working on that thing. God is working on that thing. I say God is working on that thing. So do not be frustrated. God has until Jesus comes to finish. 
And the way he's doing it is not your ways. He says, he who has begun a good... Did you begin a good work in yourself? God is the one who has begun a good work in you. You don't even know that it's a good work. Do you understand what I'm saying with you? What I'm sharing with you? You don't even know that single life is a good work. You don't even know that being single right now, today, is a good work. But God says he has begun a good work in you. And he has until the day of Jesus Christ. He has until the day of Jesus. If you are going to develop wrinkles before God will let you marry, he says until the day of Jesus Christ. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Yes. He has begun. So don't say all my friends are married. All my sisters are married. Even my, uh, my younger sisters and my younger brothers are all married. And God has just begun a good work in you. So whatever stage you are, it's a good work. Enjoy the good work that God has done in you right now. I say enjoy the good work. If you are single, enjoy the single life today. Today is a good work. I say it's a good work. God is not finished with you. God is not done with you. It's a good work that God is doing in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Whatever stage you are, God has begun. It's just begun. And the things of God at every stage where he's doing it, it doesn't look so great. Do you understand? It doesn't look so great. It's like a mustard seed. When it comes to the kingdom of God, things are, the kingdom, the whole mighty kingdom of God, the whole kingdom of God, it has a stage where it's a mustard seed. The kingdom of God. There's a stage of the kingdom of God where it's a mustard seed. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? But he says, that's what a man takes. He says, and by the way, it's a list of all the seeds. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Look. Matthew chapter 13. He says, another parable put ye forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. The kingdom of God. Would you imagine? Would you imagine that the kingdom of God will be compared to the size of a mustard seed? But he says the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Looks very insignificant. It says, which indeed is the least of all seeds. Not attractive, not significant, not something that you pay attention to, not something that you will mind. But that, it says, it is the greatest among herbs. But when it is grown, when it is grown. So, you see, it looks insignificant, but God is working on it. I said, God is working on it. Your life today looks insignificant, but God is working on it. God is working on your finances. God is working on your marriage. God is working on your career. God is working on your education. The stage where it is right now, God is working on it. Amen. He says, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the best of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. 
But it has a stage where it's the least of all seeds. That's kind of tree. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So allow God. Allow God to work on you. Amen. So last week I gave you seven areas that God is working in you. Do you remember? I gave you seven areas that God is working in you. And we talk about God working on your spirit. We said God is working on your spirit. Do you remember? God is working on your spirit. Some of you, you had very wicked hearts. Some of you, you had, you harbored so many wickedness in your heart. You see, some of you, it was very difficult for you to forgive. Very difficult for you to forgive. But you realize that as you expose your heart, as you expose your spirit to the word of God, as you expose your spirit to the word of God, your heart gets softened. Your heart gets softened. There were some people that you could not stand at all. Even their names coming in your mind gives you palpitations. It makes your heartbeat go faster. Your heart rate will go faster just the hearing of their names. Do you understand? But as you allow God to work on your heart, as God continues to work on your heart, as God, it softens. It softens. Some of you, you were very bitter before. Very bitter because of some experiences. But as God works on your heart, you realize that you are not the same person. You are not the same person. You become more tolerable. You tolerate so many people because God is working on you. Hallelujah. Then we talk about the soul, that God is working on your soul. God is working on your soul. And we say that your soul is made up of your mind, your emotions, and your will. Hallelujah. God is working on your mind. Amen. So, God is in the process of saving your soul. When you become born again, God is not done with you. You are not done. When you become born again, your mind has not changed. Amen. When you become born again, you are not suddenly of a good, you are a good-minded person. Hallelujah. When you become born again, you have given your life to Christ, but there is so much that God is working on. God is working on your soul. Hallelujah. God is working on your mind. God is renewing your mind. Amen. God is working to change the way you used to think. Some of you came to the Lord with wicked minds. Your mindset was not proper. Your thinking was not proper. Isn't that so? You used to have bad minds about many things. You had no confidence in anything because of certain experiences. Because you were reformed or you, you conformed to the things of the world. Do you understand? But as you expose yourself to the word of God, as you continue to expose yourself to the word of God, the Bible says in Romans 12, it says, and be not conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. Let not your mind be molded or be reformed by this world. But be ye transformed. So, you came to God conformed. You came to God with a mind that is formed already. But now, he is transforming. Do you understand? That means he's changing it. He's transforming your mind. He says, but be he transformed by what? By a renewed mind? No, by what? 
renewing, renewing, renewing. It is ongoing by the renewing of your mind. So every time you are exposed to the word of God, your mind is being renewed. The word of God is washing you. It is cleansing you. It is purifying you. And your mind is being renewed. Some of you, you had wicked minds. You had bad minds. You see a pastor and certain things are going in your head. But with the exposure of the word of God, today you are not the same. Or even if you are still the same, God is still working on your mind. If that kind of thinking is still there, maybe small piece of it is still left. God is working on your mind. He has just begun the good work. Don't lose, don't, you see, that is why a lot of people sometimes they say, Oh, you are a Christian and you are this. Oh, you are a Christian and you think like that. Oh, you are a Christian. It is okay to think like that because the good work has just begun. The good work has just begun. Only don't continue to stay the same way. Do you understand? Don't continue to stay, don't continue to think bad about pastors. Don't continue to think that pastors are thieves. By now, you should know that. Not pastors are pastors are not thieves. By now you should you should you should have some <laughs> at least by now. Constance, isn't that so? Yeah. By now your mind he says by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. So when someone says to you, a Christian, and you are this, you are thinking like this, and you think, oh. You say, God is working on me. You are still a work in progress. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So God is working on your mind. Hallelujah. And God is working on your emotions. Amen. I said, God is working on your emotions. You need work on your emotions. Many people have negative emotions. So many people have negative emotions. But God is working on your emotions. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I said God is working on your emotions. Yeah. We need God to work on our emotions. Yeah. Many people destroy their lives by their emotions. But God is working on your emotions. Yeah. Hallelujah. There are many good women. Very good women. They are some of the greatest women you can be with. But because of uncontrollable emotions... Because they cannot control their emotions, they cannot stay in relationships. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. They may have the greatest relationship, but they cannot remain in the relationship because of uncontrollable emotions. They can't control their emotions, but God is working on your emotions. I said, God is working on your emotions. Amen. There are some women they can destroy a good relationship by their emotions. By their crying, unnecessary crying, and they destroy relationships. They cry and cry that you don't want to be around them. Because whenever you are happy, they are crying. And they want you to cry with them. Help me to preach, sister, because you see, this kind of message, I need someone who has the experience to help me to preach. They want you to cry with them. And if you are not crying with them, you are not showing love. It means it's not love. You see, how can you, how can you describe life by your emotions? You don't care about me. Why is it that I am sad and you are not sad? Why should you be sad and I have to be sad at the same time? 
Why should we both be sad together? You don't love me. That's why you are happy when I am sad. Hey! What a shock. We have to cry together. That shows that you care. Who says that the thing that makes you cry are the same thing that should make me cry? Who said that? Who said that? They destroy good relationships with their emotions. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. It's not a good but God is working on your emotions. Tell the next sister, God is working on your emotions. Amen. But you see, I get to a certain stage where the crying should go down. You cannot keep your crying at the same level after being a Christian for a while. She will start coming down. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this evening? Yeah. Don't let your emotions overtake you. God is working on it. Avail your emotions. Tell the next sister you are a work in progress. Tell the next sister decrease the crying. Let the crying go down. Amen. You see, sometimes you even assign a task. You assign a task to a woman, even in the church. You assign a small task to the woman, and she's so excited, so so happy with the task. Put all her heart doing the work. Put all her strength doing her work. And then suddenly you see that she has changed. And then you ask, someone has said something to her. Someone has said something to her. And the someone is also fellow woman. Another woman has said something to her. And suddenly she has changed. Her heart has gone out of the task totally. Someone who was so excited, now her heart is gone out. Not interested in it. He doesn't want to touch it anymore. Then when you ask her, he says, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> my feelings are hurt. What kind of feelings are that? May the Lord heal your feelings. May God work on your feelings. What feelings are that? My feelings are hurt. He says, I am very sensitive. I am very sensitive. What sensitive? I am very sensitive. God will desensitize your sensitivity. I'm very sensitive. (laughs) Sensitive. You know what is sensitive? I'm very sensitive. As for me, I'm very sensitive. As for me, when my heart is in something, my whole heart is in it. But when my heart goes out, it is gone out. (laughs) Isn't how they talk? Isn't that how they talk? Wow. But God is working on you, sister. God is working on you, my sister. I said, God is working on you. God is working on your emotions. God will desensitize you. That after God has worked on you and worked on you, you realize that sensitivity is going down. 
Certain things don't attach to your sensitivity. Your feelings are not hurt so easily. Amen. You are not moved. Amen. So God is gradually saving you. God is gradually saving your soul. He's saving your mind. He's saving your emotions. He's working on your emotions. Hallelujah. God is transforming your emotions into his emotions. That your emotions are now aligned with God's emotions. Hallelujah. Emotions that he can use to his glory. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? God is working on you to bring you to a place where now your emotions are used to the glory of God. Hallelujah. God is working on you. I said God is working on your emotions. Hallelujah. To the degree where you come to a stage after God has worked on your emotions, now you, 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 instead of the crying, you use your emotions, you share a testimony. Share a testimony with emotions that encourage others. Share a testimony with emotions that will encourage someone to also be lifted up, to increase somebody's faith. Bring glory to the Lord with your emotions. Hallelujah. You, share, you should come to a stage where now you preach the gospel of God with emotions. Use the emotions to preach the gospel of God. It is okay that when you are now sharing about the, the rich man and Lazarus that you are crying. Instead of crying that you are not crying with me because you, I didn't receive a birthday card. Are you understand? You know how to cry? Cry with the gospel. Share the gospel with tears. Share the gospel. Go on your knees. Beg people. Share the gospel with your emotions. Allow God to work on your emotions. Amen. That when people hear you preach, wow, I was touched. Sing with emotions. Lead the worship with emotions. Don't be stiff. And then when you go home, then your emotions have come with crying. But when you are leading the worship, you are stiff. But let the Lord use your emotions to his glory. All of you, choristers, when you are singing, sing with emotions. Don't be stiff. Sing with emotions. If the song is praising the Lord, praise the Lord. Ah, sometimes when you are worshiping, it does, I mean, your looks don't match with the song. The words and your look, as if your, your, your heart is not even in the song. It's as if you are what is the one that somebody is singing and you are just opening your mouth? You are. Oh. Lip singing. Okay, let's take lip singing. Please don't be lip singers. Sing with your emotions. Sing with your emotions. If the song is praise and it's, it's supposed to be a happy, it's supposed to make us happy, let's see some joy in you. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Sing with emotions. Use your emotions to get people to come to church. Use your emotions for anakazo. Amen. Use your emotions that you are angry. You are angry. You are working moody at home because something was not given you or something was not done to you or something was not prepared for you. Be moody because I said, let's go to church and you didn't come. That is why I'm moody. That's why I'm moody. 
That's why I'm moody. Be moody with your friend because I have been asking you to come to church for how long now and you are still not coming. That's why I'm moody. But don't be moody because you didn't call me. I sent you a text message and you ignore it and I saw that you read the message. Allow God to use your emotions to bring glory to him. Amen. He's working on your emotions. Amen. I said God is working on your emotions. He's transforming your emotions. He's transforming your emotions to a stage where it brings him glory. Hallelujah. It brings him glory that the things that makes God happy are the things that will make you happy. When God, he says he's not finished. He's not finished. It's okay where you are right now. You cry about certain things, but let God work on the emotions. Hallelujah. That when God is happy about something, that is also making you happy. The things that bring joy to the Lord are the things that bring joy to you also. Hallelujah. The things that Jesus sees and he's moved with compassion. Let the same things move you with compassion. That when you see the loss, you are moved with compassion. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. You are moved with compassion. Hallelujah. And what makes God angry should be the things that makes you angry. That when you see disorder in the church, people are selling and buying and trading and it makes God angry. Those are the things that should also make you angry. Not angry unnecessarily. But God is working on you to bring you to a place. He says that in Psalm 23 verse 3, he says, He restored my soul. He restored my soul. He's restored your soul to the original. The soul that he originally gave you, that the world has now formed or conformed, he's trying to transform it into the original. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing? Yeah. So allow God to transform you. Allow God to work on you. And that soul, saving your soul also encompasses your will. Your will. God is working on your will. I say God is working on your will. And God is restoring your will. God is restoring your will. There are some people who are weak-willed. Very weak-willed. And there are some people who are excessively strong-willed. But God is working on your will. To bring you, some people they don't have no anywhere, <laughs> no way at all. But no matter where you are, God is working on your will. I said God is working on your will. Some of you have no control whatsoever over your will, no control. But God is working on your will. I said God is working on your will. God is working on your will where you, 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 your will will make you do the right thing. He said, he restored my soul. He restored my soul and then leaded me to the path of righteousness. When your will, God has worked on your will, it makes you do the right thing. Do you understand? Your will, you have a will to control certain things. You know you are not supposed to eat this kind of food, but you have no will to resist. No will to resist. You know for your health, this type of food is not good for you. But you have no will to resist. No willpower. But God will give you willpower. I said God will give you willpower. Amen. 
There are certain foods, even you, when you finish eating, you are angry with yourself. You are upset with yourself. You feel sorry for yourself. And you say, oh, so, why? Yeah. And you can't control it. As you, are, you see the thing, you know you are not supposed to eat it, but you are eating it. It means you don't have control over your will. But God will work on your will. I say God is working on your will. Hallelujah. That you will eat when you want to eat. And you can say to yourself, so, be full. You are full. Get up and go. Amen. You should be able to. It's not because the food is there. So now, let's kill ourselves. Let's eat and die. Tomorrow we shall die. And no control. No control. Sometimes when, some of us, when we see the food, we have no control. And then we, it's our, there were hormones that have been lifted, our appetites, like no tomorrow, but God will work on that will. That will, God is working on it. I said, God is working on it. You see, look, the madman of Gadara, he was cutting himself. It was hurting, but he was cutting himself. There are certain things, you see, Paul said, he says, the thing that I know to do, the good that I want to do, I am not able. Look at that scripture. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 and verse 19. There are certain things we know they are harmful to us. They are evil to us. But we, he says, for the good that I would, I, do you have the NIV? Give me the NIV. He says, for what I do is not the good I want to do. The food I eat is not the food I want to eat. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. This I keep on doing. The evil that I don't want to do, I don't want to do this. Some of you have no way power. You have no way power over anything. You know you're not supposed to follow this man to his house. Even as you are going, you are you know that I'm not supposed to be. Fo- I, you say I'm not supposed to be following you, but you are, I'm not supposed to be following you. You know I know I'm not supposed to be following you, and you are climbing the stairs and you are going you are going in the elevator. I know I'm not supposed to go. I know I'm not supposed to go, and you are saying to yourself. And then it's not first floor, second, third, fourth. Fifth, seventh floor, no elevator. You are tired. You are tired. And <laughs> what floor? Where do you live? Seventh floor. Ah, why seventh floor? I know I'm not supposed to go. <laughs> and then you are climbing, and you have reached seventh floor. And even as he's opening the door, he say, "You know, there's no one in the house. There's the two of us, and I know I'm not supposed to go with you, but no will, no will." Then he begins to touch you. Begins to touch you. Say, ah, ah, stop it, stop it, ah, stop it, stop it, stop, stop, stop it. Even the stop it is not. <laughs> now you, but how many of you have heard that before? You have heard that before. Amen. 
stop it. And then he begins to take your clothes off. He says, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Ah, don't do that. Don't do that. You, you, you know you're not supposed to. But there's no way. But God is working on your will. I say God is working on your will. God is working on your will. That you say, I'm not going. And that's it. <laughs> He says, the, for what I do is not the good I want to do. You know you don't want to do it. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. This I keep on doing. Some of you, you know you, know, you don't need this dress. You know you don't need this dress. And then you go and look at it. I don't need it. And then you turn around. <laughs> and then you go and look again. I don't need it. I don't need it. And then you say to yourself, I don't need this dress. I don't need it. And then you begin, but why would I wear it to? Where? You don't even have a place to wear it to. You, know, you don't need it. Even the season, this color, I don't need it. I, then, you, then you look at the tag again. I don't need this. But let me just go and try it and just see how it looks on me. I just want to look at how it looks on me and I'll put it away. I just want to look at how it looks on me. You know you don't have a way. Why do you want to put it on you to see how it looks on you? And after you put it on you, (laughs) and then you take selfie. He said, but I have dressed for the Christmas party. Maybe I can keep it for next year. You don't need it. But there's no way. But God is working on your will. I said, God is working on your will. God is working on your will. That when you get to the store, you say, I don't need you dress. I don't need you. The dress says, come, come, come. You say, I don't need you. You say, I don't need these shoes. I don't need you. Amen. God is working on your will. God is working on you. This, God is working on you. He says he has just begun. Yes, you're spending, you have no control today, but God is working on it. Amen. Are you understanding? So he says, for what I do, what I do is not the good I want to do. You want to say, you know the money in your hand is your rent money, but you have no will, it's your rent money. You know that if you pay, if you buy this, rent is an issue. This man. But you have no control. No control. But Paul said, the reason is this. Verse 20. He says, Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it. But it is sin living in me that does it. That is why God has to work on you. That is why you are born again, but God is still working on you. Because it is the sin in you. There is still sin in you. And God is working on that sin. That you have control over your will. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God tonight? Yeah. That is why God is still working on you. The Bible says in Philippians 2 and verse 13, it says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is not you. So God is working on you. God is working on your will. 
to will and to do of God's good pleasure, God has to work on you. So he says, he has begun a good work and he's working on you. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. To spend wisely, God has to work on you. To not follow a man to his apartment, God has to work on you. Amen. Amen. To not buy certain dresses, God has to work on you. To have the strength, the willpower to say, I don't need this. God has to work on you. You say, it is God which worketh in you. Both to will and to do. To will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. God is working on you. I say, God is working on you. God is changing your desires. God is changing your desires. Some of you have have certain desires. Some of you have come to a certain stage now. But in the past, you had certain desires. Desire to go to parties. Every Saturday, you had a desire. You were searching. Searching for parties. Searching for funerals. Where is the funeral? Sometimes you even have to travel. Travel to Maryland. There's a funeral. A classmate funeral. It's in Maryland. You say, which classmate? Then they have to show you. Ah, show you. Show you which one. Ah, don't you remember this girl? She was this. She was, ah, I don't remember. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. And you're going. Virginia. You go to African market to look for fly, flyers where they have programs. Where is the funeral in this this weekend. Where is the adoring? You, and then you are going to all, but today you don't have desire for these things. Today you don't have desire. Today you pity people when they are doing these things. Because God has worked on you. He's not done. He's still working on you. Amen. He's still working on you. Yes. He's still working on you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? God is still working on you. God is working on you to have that desire, this desire for that. God is working on you. And he's not done yet. Tell your neighbor, he's not done yet. Your Saturdays will be spent wisely. Amen. God is not done yet. Some of you, even your church attendance, it is not the same. I mean, there was a time where Tuesday, there's no way. Who can get you to come to church on Tuesday? But today, you have come to a stage, it's because of God's work. Is it? It is he who worketh in you. It is he who worketh in you. Today, some of you, no one has to call you to come for Tuesday service. You will come. It's a work in progress. It's work. Somebody somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? It is work. So if someone is there that never considers Tuesday service as part of his program at all, you need to pray for that person. Encourage that person. And don't don't just overlook or look down upon that person and think that person is not a serious Christian. That person is also born again, but God is working on that person. That person also needs encouragement. The person needs prayers. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Some of you, your, even your, 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 your mind about offerings was completely off. Do you see? Your mind about offering was completely off. For you, you didn't think that big things are good for God. Or even nice bills, nice dollar bills. They were not good for God. When you were giving offering, you used to look in your wallet. Oh, am I saying something that is very strange? You used to look in your wallet and select the torn bills. The torn bills. Bills that have 
funny, funny looks and smell. And then you, you, you also, you don't want people to see, so you also <laughs> make the bill in your hand like this. And then you put it in the oven. <laughs> and then it's more work for the treasures. When they are opening it, then the thing is torn. Now the treasures have to find tape to put the bills together. Just to. But God is working on you. Today you look for the nicest bill to give to the Lord. These dollar dollar bills, you are stopped. You used to go to. When you are giving offering, early morning, winter, you have to go and buy water, cold water. <laughs> so you have change. And then you are drinking cold water. You don't need cold water. Because you went, they said the coffee is not ready. The coffee is not ready. They say, give me water. Give me water. So you have change. Because as for God, $10 bill, $20 bill, $5 bill is too much for him. It's too much for him. So give me water and so I'll have some change for the Lord. But God is working on you. I said God is working on you. Hallelujah. Some of you, you didn't, you didn't believe in tight. You didn't believe in tight. You think that the tight was for the pastor. The pastor is chopping your money. You see? But God has worked on you and he's still working on you. He has, he has worked on you to a stage where you are paying tight, but it's not, it's not 10%. I don't know what to call it if it's tight. When it's not 10%, what do we call it? 7% is what? Because tight means one-tenth. If you free will. Your tight was free will offering. You see? But as God is working on you today, every now and then you see you are giving 10%. 10%, 10%. And now you get to a stage where always it's 10%. And to a stage where sometimes out of your 10%, you give it even more. Do you understand? Some of you, God blesses you and secretly you even just put some offerings. Sometimes people just put offerings out of their hearts. They just want to bless the Lord. They don't announce it. They don't, give, they don't tell anyone. They just bless the Lord. It is God's work on your heart. God's working on you. God has worked on you to a certain degree, but he's not done yet. He said, he being confident in this, that he which had begun a good work in you, is a good work. He will also complete it. He will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. So the work is continuing until the day of Jesus Christ. Put your hands together for the Lord. And let us bring the message to your pause. Stand to your feet. Let's pause here. Stand to your feet. God is working on our hearts. God is working on our spirit. God is working on our soul. We avail our minds to you. We avail our emotions to you, Lord. We avail our spirits to you. But we say, work on us. Work on us. Work on us that you will use our spirit to your glory. That you will use our emotions to your glory. Lord, that you will use our minds to your glory. And use our will to your glory. We are grateful tonight, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. With all eyes closed and every head bow, you are here tonight. You are not born again. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If that is your prayer, 
lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. Anyone here like that? Anyone? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for saving us. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to work on us. You say the good work that you have begun, you will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you are such a good God, a patient God who is patiently working on us until Jesus comes. We give you glory. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Why don't you take your seats as you clap for the Lord. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Bright and Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-247. 0738. Stay blessed.